Hey, it's me, Mac Monroe, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders. Attention, business owners, CEOs, and HR professionals. Do you have managers who lack the basic skills to be a great boss? Better contact Mac. Your manager's afraid to address performance issues with employees? Better contact Mac. Managers unable to complete the most rudimentary processes as a boss? Better contact Mac. You're pulling your hair out, wishing your managers would simply step up and do their job? Better contact Mac. Here at Boss Builders, we provide the basic skills every manager needs to be a great boss. We do this in three ways. First, our team of skilled professionals facilitate our signature workshop, Driving Results. This four-day program, offered in whatever time chunks you need, gives participants the basic skills to fix systems and processes, develop employees, and protect your house. We also offer our popular video-based Boss Builder Academy, which allows your managers to have basic skills training delivered to them in short, effective how-to videos, which are supplemented by our monthly roundtable sessions. Finally, we offer our driving results curriculum to organizations that want to license it and deliver it using their own in-house trainers. For more information on how we can help you improve the quality of your managers, better contact Mac. You can do that at bettercontactmac.com or reach us by phone at 931 221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who are in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about eventually making that transition to management. This is Mac Monroe, the Boss Builder. And what we're going to talk about today is leading with the head, the hands, and the heart. Now, right away, some of you feel a little sick to your stomachs. It's okay. Our guest today is Sam Sen. He is the president of Dancing Shepherd. Now, it's a really, really interesting name. Sam is going to go over what it means. But here's what you are going to take out of today's episode. You'll find out why it is so important for you to be a mentor to somebody and to be mentored. It's important for you to have personal and professional growth. And Sam's going to give you a framework to do that. However, if you are an HR professional and you're tuning in for this podcast, be ready to take good notes because Sam is going to give you the formula for having a simple yet not simplistic mentoring. I'm not going to call it a program because that's the kiss of death, but a mentoring strategy to grow your talent. Sam is an interesting guy. He's from the Seattle area. And at the end, he'll give you his contact information. He's got an offer to give you his template for nothing. So please take him up with that. This is a great conversation. I know you're going to love it. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Sam Sen. Sam Sen, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, Mr. Mack. How are you today? I'm doing really good. I'm really glad we get a chance to do this. Uh, so I'm going to let my audience know a little bit about how we met. I was speaking at the Washington State HR Conference. I guess it was back in April, and I always make an offer if anybody wants to do a lunch and learn. I'm happy. And so I, I collected a bunch of cards, and I sent them to Lisa, my assistant. And she says, well, I'm going to get you to Seattle, and you can spend a week, and you're going to meet with Dancing Shepherd. And I thought, okay, I have no idea what that is or what they do. Yeah. I could find very little information. 
But as it happens, we met for coffee. We had a great conversation. I really, really loved hearing about the things that you guys are doing. And so it's been great getting you here on the show. And so uh, the topic today is creating a culture of exceptional leadership. And this is kind of interesting. You have head, hands, and heart. So we'll get into that, Sam. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about Dancing Shepherd. What's it mean? Where'd it come from? And how does that relate to what you do with emerging leaders? Oh, that's outstanding. Thank you very much, Mac. And I, and I got to tell you, you know, no good deed will go unpunished. So thank you for taking the time to meet with me when we, uh, when we met in Seattle. And just for the, the rest of the folks out there, I want to throw it back to you. Uh, you know, Mac, it's been wonderful uh, working with you and talking with you. And, and if people get a chance to, please, please do. But Dancing Shepherd. So Dancing Shepherd uh, is a, a leadership consultancy. And uh, the name actually came from our dog, believe it or not. We have a German Shepherd dog. And uh, one thing that we have always loved about that dog and the leadership lessons that he taught us is that sense of joy, that sense of purpose. And that's kind of the dancing part. And the other side is the shepherd, that unconditional love and loyalty and getting stuff done. And one of the things that I've found, Mac, is I'm, uh, you know, counseling leaders and just give you a little bit of background. I, you know, at one time ran an organization of over 4,000 folks and had lots of leaders to coach and organizational development to do and all that kind of good stuff. But some of the things that I found that were really, really critical for uh, people's success was that understanding that sweet spot between loving what you do and being good at it and lifting others to do uh, to do the same. And so the Dancing Shepherd, the connection between that is really this idea that great leaders have a great passion for what they do. They have a joy, that, that dancing piece. And frankly, they also understand when to pivot that and move to the space where they're taking care of the things that they're responsible for. We can have all the joy and all the dance that we want, but if we're not delivering the goods, that's, uh, that's not going to achieve anything. And then if we have that sense of execution and getting stuff done, uh, you know, that kind of leads to the uh, the leader who hollers out all the time, this is why we can't have nice things and there's not much uh, joy in, in, uh, in Mudville, right? So really great leaders understand that fine line between character and competence. And another thing, they, they, uh, and that joy in the, you know, the, the, the dancing and the shepherd piece. But another thing, too, that's really, really important is I've developed lots of leaders who've gone on to do really great things is that they, they really understand that there's not, um, you're not trying to find a balance, per se, of those things. What you're trying to find is when to know how to toggle back and forth between those things, when to be fully into it, fully passionate, fully innovative, all those kinds of behaviors that really bring joy to the uh, to the work and to your life and to the people around you. And knowing when it's time to stop, pull that trigger, uh, pardon the expression, butts and seats, getting stuff done and, and delivering the goods and knowing when to, to, to go to that shepherd piece. And then, frankly, when is it time to step back away from that and return to uh, the, uh, you know, the, the excitement, the innovation and the, the joy of, of doing the work that you, you need to do? Instead, it was originally kind of developed as, uh, as out of respect to that wonderful German shepherd that we have. And so much so, Mac, um, uh, I ended up naming my son after that German shepherd. Uh, and we're just kind of lucky that the dog's was name was not Spot or Rover or something like that. It was, <laughs> it was back. And I and I, I said to that boy, I said, "Look, if you uh, if you become half the man this dog uh, is, you're, you're gonna you're gonna do all right." But the, again, that sense of joy, passion for what you do, and that deep, deeper satisfaction, uh, abiding satisfaction of being incredibly competent and being there for those uh, uh, you're responsible for and that you love. That's great. That's great. 
Well, then the head, hands, and heart. So, so what is whole person leadership, and how does that impact success for individuals and also the organization? Sure, sure. One of the things that we focus on is uh, is whole person leadership, and did a lot of work with Stephen Covey in my my earlier years. And uh, one of the things that he focused on was this idea of uh, people are multi dimensional, right? You just don't, uh, you know, you can hire their hands, you can hire their back, but uh, to 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 earn their respect and to earn their passion for what you do and their loyalty takes a whole nother level of thinking. And in whole person thinking looks at people in, in four dimensions. So we, we hear this a lot in different variations, mind, body, soul, heart, you know, uh, hands, uh, uh, head, that kind of stuff. But Cubby uh, focused on it was, uh, was body, mind, heart, and spirit. So the body to live. When we respect and understand that people have to get by in this world, they have to feel safe. They have to feel like they're not constantly looking over their shoulder, that kind of stuff. We see it a lot in kind of trust, you know, information, that kind of stuff nowadays, uh, where people talk a lot about building trust in organizations and psychological safety and all that kind of stuff. But there's also practical and physical safety. Is this job going to be enough to take care of my family? Is it going to be able to, am I, am I in a place where I can be safe and, and get stuff done and not have to worry that uh, this is my last paycheck every other week kind of stuff? So that body to, to, to live. The uh, other one is uh, uh, the uh, mind, which is to learn. All people are intrinsically motivated and curious about how things work and how they can make it better. Now they can make themselves better. So you have to appeal to that, to that mind to, to, to learn, to love or to, uh, of uh, heart, which is another piece of uh, his whole person thinking. The heart is to love. Now we need to be very careful here. And I'm sure there's some HR folks that are on your uh, podcast as a uh, audience as well. We're not talking about that kind of love in the workplace, but you know, we do have to have a deep and abiding love for the people around us and to develop positive and effective relationships. And then finally, uh, in Covey's version of this uh, is the word spirit or the sense of legacy that because you are here, uh, the world is a better place for it. And so when you add all those up, people need to have an opportunity to to uh, achieve those things or work within those things from a whole person leadership. So your work should involve something that, that really helps you feel secure. That's your body, something that helps you uh, stimulate your mind or challenge your uh, way of thinking, the way that you do business, heart, to make sure you've got positive people around you and relationships. Uh, and then at the, uh, at the end of that is that sense of legacy that what you've done is, is, is made a difference. And coming back really quickly to the to love and the relationship piece, I've seen you, I know you've seen the, uh, a lot of the Gallup stuff about what's important to people at work uh, and the staff and engagement surveys. And one of the ones that always fascinated me, Mac, was the one that said, um, do you have a best friend at work? And come to find out that that is a direct corollary to uh, performance and a direct corollary to engagement, uh, commitment, loyalty, sick leave, all kinds of things that really, you know, improve the bottom line. But it really came down to this sense of, do you have a positive and effective relationship at work? So that's whole person thinking. And then uh, how that affects the leadership development piece is just making sure that that people have that kind of stuff in their their life. And so it's looking at people as multidimensional and making sure that your leadership development programs uh, impact those things and engage people at that level. That's an awful lot. And I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about if all of my customers were listening to this podcast right now, there would be a, a probably a majority of them that would that would be nodding and saying that's powerful that's great stuff people devote 
you know, most of their best hours of their day at work. And if we can create that kind of culture at work, this would be just a great place to be. And then I have a smaller percentage that would probably be wanting to throw up in their mouth a little bit right now. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and so, so in, in the spirit of honesty, yeah. okay, let's talk about how would we do this, Sam? You've got a framework for doing this. How would that work in an organization? How do you take that concept, which I believe in and I think is amazing, yeah. and make that work in yeah. an organization? Yeah, I'm telling you, my friend, you got to get past the kumbaya. So that first <laughs> that that first part, you know, has a whole lot of joy written all over it, right? So, so I understand that. But the shepherd, uh, you know, has a lot of dancing in it. But the shepherd part has to come through too. You have to figure out a way to tie this to the bottom line. And you know, even interestingly enough, some of those folks who might throw up in their mouth a little bit, you, you have to honor that too. They're the folks who want to get stuff done. You know, and they're focused on the body and they're focused on legacy and some of those kinds of things. And so, you know, you have to respect all uh, all elements of that. And that's what uh, you know, that intrinsic motivation kind of stuff is about. But getting to the plan, it's, it's a real simple process. Um, we use a, a, a basic plan that uh, that really starts with um, your legacy. You know, at the end of the day, what is it that you want to get done here? I'm not talking about in a big flowery kind of, you know, uh, uh, therefore thou I want to change the, you know, the world, that kind of stuff. I think those things are powerful. But one of the things you need to do is understand what it is that you want to be remembered for as a leader. And, and Mac, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but if you could tell me, you know, just one or two things, if people are impacted by the work you do, what are some of the things that you want people to say? What is it that you want people to be inspired by? Oh, I would say that when they're done working with us, that they feel like they have grown professionally and personally. Right. They've grown as a result of working with us. Yeah. So they've experienced they've experienced growth. So growth. So that's part of the uh, the thing that you want to make sure that that you have as part of your legacy and all your actions and behaviors start to or, or move to align with that. And so, Mac, I know you work with lots of different types of organizations, but one of the things we need to tie tie this to is it's not just a personal development plan. It's in alignment with the organizational plans. So when people are looking at that and they say, I want to be somebody who helps people grow. Well, you know, you have to define what does that mean to the organization? What does that mean to, you know, bottom line value? So you want people to say that they help that you help them grow. But when you help them grow, what does that add up to? So what are the primary contributions to the organizational goals, values, organizational culture, and the impact of the people that, that we serve or the people that do the serving? What is the direct correlation to do that? So when people grow, for example, what might be an operational outcome that comes from that? Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, it, it goes to talent development, that people come and they, they learn and they grow and they become excited about the next promotion. And so right. even in a bad economy, we retain our best people. Right, right. You re we retain our best people, which is absolutely expensive to, to you know, uh, turnover is a huge uh, a thing. Um, we retain our best people. We also have people who are more resilient. We have people who, instead of saying, well, I guess just that's the way it is, or just kind of, you know, uh, go down with the with a burning ship kind of stuff. They're the people who step up and say, no, we, we've got this. We can do something about this because they're more confident, they're more capable or whatever. So it has to find some way to a, to a primary contribution to the organization goals, not just the thing that provides you, you know, happiness and, and joy. So what do you aspire to? What do you want people to say about you? How does that directly connect to, uh, to, to bottom line goals? The next step we take people through is, you know, a very simple, what are your strengths and stretches? You know, what's helping to get here and what's, uh, what's getting in your way. Um, you don't have to get overcomplicated with that. Some of the things, uh, 
that happen with a lot of these programs, they have a tendency to kind of die under their own weight. You know, you've got 360 evaluations and strengths assessments and personality assessments and that kind of stuff. I can tell you right now, one of the easiest assessments is to look to your left and to your right and say to your partners and say, what am I doing that's helping? And what am I doing that's stupid that's not helping? And they have a tendency to be very direct if you're very sincere about wanting to do stuff about that. So while I very much agree with using a lot of the more detailed tools and that kind of stuff, just be very clear about what are the things that are helping me get closer to being in a position to help people grow and be effective at that? And frankly, what are things that I need to uh, to uh, to stop doing? There's that old bad uh, hee-haw joke about, doctor, doctor, I broke my leg in three places. And what does the doctor say, Mac? I missed this one. What did he say? He said, stay out of those places, right? So <laughs> what, you, what you have to do. I admit I watched the job, but some of that humor is quite forgettable. But thank you for bringing that back. It, it can't be, my friend. I'm glad, I'm glad I could help you recall, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, and and it's important to ask the people around you, but you also need to be very prepared for the feedback. It may not be what you what you want to hear, and you know, without uh, with being careful not to take too much uh, uh, license with the hee haw stuff. There's the old one about uh, getting a second. The doctor told you you're not doing too well, and you asked for a second opinion. The doctor says you're ugly too, right? So you have to you have to do a couple of things. First of all, you have to be brave enough to ask. Secondly, you need to be self-aware and honest, you know, about uh, what it is and do something with it. So starting at the top again, legacy, what do I aspire to? What I want people to say and how does that really help the business uh, make more business? What are the things that I'm doing that are helpful? What are the things that are getting in the way uh, and seeking advice and counsel to, to help you get there? Um, and then this is where we get to the head, hands and heart. And one thing that I really wanted to get into. So 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 for the folks who need to move it from kind of the fluff to uh, to action. When you start to develop your plan, whole person thinking helps you understand that there's just not one way to learn. You need to put all of these things together. So this is where head, hands, and heart comes in. So, uh, you know, and we can even take a chance here, Mac. Give me, give, me a, give me a character that wants to, uh, well, we can use that, help people grow, right? Uh, they want to learn, learn right. how to help people go, grow. Well, the head piece is the intellectual kind of thing. What would be an example of of a uh, intellectual exercise or educational exercise that somebody who wanted to help other people grow, what is something that they could do that would uh, be from an educational and intellectual pursuit? What would be an example? Maybe they'd have to learn some technical skills around giving feedback or coaching a, an employee. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think about this in a management context. Yeah, 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 please. And it's, and it's spot on. So, you know, go take that coaching class or, you know, make sure you get to Max, uh, you know, boss builder, uh, you know, uh, work that helps you understand how these things work. You know, it's like, uh, uh going to a, to a boat show lots of times doesn't make you a captain, right? You know, so, so you, you, you can go and learn, but you, that's a part of it. That's the mind piece. So head is education, intellectual pursuits that are going to help you get gain an understanding of what this stuff is about. The next one is uh, hands, right? You need to get out there and you need to get your hands dirty. What kind of projects could this person do? What could they volunteer for? What could they participate in that will give them real hands-on, uh, you know, uh, productivity skills in this particular area? Again, tying this back to uh, the uh, uh, the bottom line. I mean, every organization has a strategic plan. Every every organization has an operational plan. Every organization has KPIs and performance measurements and all this kind of stuff. Look up on that list and say, boss. I'd like to be able to affect that piece right here. And I'm trying to learn how to help people grow. If I can do some work in helping people grow, I think I can affect that 
particular piece of the bottom line? Can I do a demonstration project or can I be offered a, you know, a temporary opportunity to do something with that? But whatever you do, you're going to have to get some dirt underneath your fingernails to, to grow. And then the last piece is the heart. So we have head, hands, and heart. Head, intellectual pursuit, hands, hands-on projects that learn through doing. And then heart. This is, this, is a, this is a tough one because one of the things you want to do with heart, it's about uh, creating relationships with people that you have both a respect for from their values perspective and also they're also getting the job done. So develop uh, relationships, mentor relationships, formal, informal, whatever it might be. But uh, as part of your plan, you need to have a mentor map that says, here are the kinds of people that I'm going to be meeting, or these are the people I'm going to be meeting. Here are the things that I want to learn from these folks and taking advantage of that. Another thing I think it really helps people do from a leadership development perspective, a couple of things. One is it starts to build your network. So you're really meeting some people who can be influencers and supporters as you grow. Uh, secondly, it gives you an opportunity to you know, see through other people's eyes. So it builds your empathic skills. And don't seek mentors that just think just like you. Find mentors that seem different from you because you need to know all those different perspectives. The people who get all excited when we're talking about joyfulness and the people who get a little, you know, uh, 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 put off by that. But all of those people have something to, to offer. The people who are focused on discipline, the people who are focused on engagement, and get to learn from those from those different uh, from those different people. Another thing it does for the organization, if you're a leader and you are encouraging people to do this kind of kind of work, if you ever want somebody to be a great student, the best thing you can do is to make them a teacher. And what happens so often is if you'll start to reach out to mentors. Uh, it helps them recall the kinds of things that they want to do and the best of what they've done. And frankly, it recalls them to step up and get back to those kinds of things. And now that they got somebody with eyes on them, you know, uh, they also uh, very often start stepping up their game uh, because they want to live into that, uh, that image that you've created of them uh, as their mentor. And then uh, just to wrap it up, uh, this uh, so we've gone through the process of legacy. What do I aspire to? Uh, your skill challenge. What are the things that I want to do to create my personal best? What is my plan to get there? And the last piece is to make sure you've got clear understanding about the difference that it will make. Long term, what are the results that are going to happen from your growth? What's going to be different from the organization? What's going to be different for your capability to, to help impact the organization? And then it's also important to make sure that you're staying on track, not just on the task that you've decided for yourself, but also staying on task uh, to, to know that you're getting the impact that you want. Um, so uh, I use a little something called see and say, which is we can see have a milestone out there that says, you know, sales are going to go up or whatever it might be. But the see and stay, say are the, the, the temporary measures, the short-term measures on the way to get there. What are we seeing that's different than, than it has been before? What are people saying about your work? Um, what are the, the differences in how people relate to you, all that kind of stuff. You have to have some temporary measures before you get to the big measures to know that you're at least uh, stepping in the, uh, in the right direction. So that's uh, kind of the, the, the over, uh, overview of the, uh, of the development plan and the head, hands, and heart. Uh, head, intellectual pursuit, hands, learn through doing, and then heart, making sure you're getting good lessons and relationships with mentors, advisors, and supporters. New England Lean Consulting is the Northeast premier business consulting firm, helping small to medium-sized businesses implement strategic leadership and operational methodologies that help to lower costs, increase capacity, and win more customers. 
Their consultants provide guidance on the latest business solutions, including Lean, Six Sigma, ISO, as well as energy conservation and safety compliance to help you grow your business deliberately and strategically. Through their plan methods, you'll be able to build and sustain a long-term operational excellence advantage over your competition. To reach them, go to NewEnglandLeanConsulting.com or you can call them at 860-335-4787. I love it. It's a combination of something that's, I think it's simple. Now that I've heard you talk through it, it sounds like it is practical. And, and more importantly, I think for a lot of my listeners, this is an impact on the bottom line. This isn't just doing something because it's fun and it's nice yeah. and people will yeah. feel good. So if we're going to employ this, this sounds like it's great for the individual. How could an organization make a system out of this for a maybe identifying a pipeline of leaders in the organization? You know, that's 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 an excellent question, Mac. And and it, it is really helpful to have this as, a, you know, anybody can start a head, hands and heart kind of model uh, formally, informally. But it's really nice to have this integrated and aligned with with the, what the organization is trying to do. And some of the benefits that come from that kind of stuff is you end up building exceptional leader skills all over the organization at multiple levels when you engage uh, people like this. You also start creating a neural network of leaders that support one another and can develop one another. And it kind of raises everybody's game, kind of a rising tide kind of stuff. And it starts to build that bench uh, much better, really kind of builds a deep, more deep, uh, highly capable uh, bench. But one of the ways that I've done it is to create kind of a, a leadership cohort, you know, use cohort-based learning where people actually, you know, you pick whether it's high potentials or whatever it might be, but really start to develop people in a cohort. So whether, you know, it's for three months, six months or whatever it might be, you know, really encourage people to take this journey together. And as they take this journey together, not only they are they, you know, uh, assigned to the opportunity to, to develop their skill sets, to assign uh, uh, an internal uh, executive coach and mentor to each one of these characters as well. One of the things I've found is that it really is helpful to do this across lines a little bit. So, for example, if somebody works in the finance department, right, uh, and they're uh, identified as a high potential, certainly their direct leader is a mentor to them. But to have somebody from another department reach out to them and start to be their mentor. So maybe the technology leader is the one who's actually mentoring the guy from finance. So I know that may sound like a, a little bit uh, uh, of a, uh, I don't know how I would put this, that you know maybe this person is uh, wanting and needing to develop their fiscal skills, uh, no doubt. But what happens is with that technology leader becomes their mentor and the person that they go to for for helping to guide and to support them. They also start to learn other parts of the business. And as learning other parts of the business, then they start to have more of those global leadership brains. Another kind of fun, unique uh, uh, process happens is where that technology leader, whoever it might be, if they're mentoring across the, the lines a little bit, we all start to kind of be more responsible for one another and more supportive of one another. And so I think it's really important to um, think about that in a cohort level, but also then uh, go across your leadership uh, management team and start to have those people uh, cross-mentor and, and cross-pollinate a bit with the, uh, with the people that they, uh, they serve. I think it's also important. Uh, I very often used a, a, a teach-to-learn model 
So while people are going through a leadership curriculum and they're learning and that kind of stuff, it's the responsibility of both that mentor and also the high potential learner to bring that back to the organization. And so, for example, if they went out and learned something new about uh, developing trust or, or creating a, a leadership culture, they bring that back and they, they teach that to the rest of the organization. So you're not only responsible for learning, you're responsible for teaching. And I think that helps quite a bit, too. Another thing I uh, ask folks to do is to make sure that everybody has a capstone project of some kind. Very similar to what we talked about earlier about getting your hands dirty and getting stuff done. One of the things that's really, really helpful is for folks to have that capstone project, but you also make sure that that is fully in alignment with your strategic plan and your operational plan. Anything that somebody's doing should never be busy work. It should be something that's going to impact the bottom line and impact the people around them as well. So that's really, really critical. And the last thing I like to do is just, you know, for, for lack of a better description, I says get around the campfire to have mentoring conversations with key leaders. There's nothing so powerful as just people just slowing down long enough to sit down with one another and say, you know, what is it that it looks like when we do this right? What is it that you've learned in your journey and in, in your process? And so very often I'll make sure that we have opportunities for key leaders to sit down with the individuals in the, in the cohort and just, you know, we play stump the chump. What? What have you done? What have you, you know, what 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 has worked for you? Uh, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? And there's a certain amount of vulnerability that that really comes into play, and and it's just really it's really cool because you'll see these young kids uh, kind of bright eyed, and they're looking up and they're thinking, all oh, these people just never do anything stupid. Then they realize they're just human beings, and then they realize and get an appreciation for the fact that they're stepping up and doing things just as regular human beings, you know, creating some uh, if not superhuman results, but just doing some pretty uh, incredible things at the same time. They're just, they're just like one another. Uh, and it, uh, it, it's just, it really it humanizes the, uh, the leader, but it also builds courage to say that, you know something, if this guy can do it, I can do it too. And uh, it just builds courage in the, uh, the learners as well. Well, I've heard a lot of people talk about mentorship and, and the, which is always the kiss of death <laughs> when they want to start a mentorship yeah. program. But this is probably one of the best design strategies I think I've ever heard, Sam. This is great. The one challenge that we find in any of these kinds of things is, all right, so we've had the kickoff meeting. We're excited. We're moving forward. Then we get into it about six to eight weeks. And now things get busy. And before you know it, that mentor meeting you had scheduled gets canceled so how do you help both the, the people in your mentorship process, but more importantly, probably the mentors themselves, how do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them excited about this so they make yeah, it a no, priority? It's, it's, a, it's a powerful question, Mac. And I mean, we're even kind of suffering from it a little bit here. It's a lot of, a lot of data. But, but what you need to do is, is remember that this is not about process, right? It's about, about purpose. What are we trying to accomplish? And just constantly keep coming back to that and simplify it as much as possible. You know, um, you asked a little bit or I asked a little bit earlier, what's the thing that you want to focus on is, is uh, when people walk away from you, what did they experience? I help people grow, right? So, you know, they're just, you just need to have some very simple, repeatable things, you know, and, and what happens if, uh, if, if we help people grow? Well, more, more good people stay, you know, and when they stay, they're stronger and, you know, better, whatever those, those basic things are. And just keep coming back to that because, what happens is these things do have a tendency to die under their own weight. You know, uh, you've got mentoring agreements, you've got schedules, you've got all this kind of stuff. What you're really looking for is just constantly leaning into uh, 
you know, am I working on the right stuff? Am I working for the right reasons? Uh, and if you can't connect uh, with a formal meeting, you know, can we can we connect by phone or can we talk? Can we catch each other in the hallway? I had uh, I had one lady who I really admired uh, that uh, really helped me out with this. She had one simple question every time she saw me. A lot of times you run into each other. How you doing? What are you working on? That kind of stuff. She would ask me this one simple question, Mac, and it would affect me every time. She would say, Sam, are you on your purpose? Are you on your purpose? And at first, I just kind of blew it off, right? But then I'd stop soon. What the heck is she talking about? And secondly, when I challenged myself, I said, sadly, first I said, I don't know, because I know that I'm busy, right? I know I'm extremely busy, but I can't always guarantee that, you know, I feel like I'm on my purpose. And so part of the process of really helping people, you know, do this without getting overburdened by the, uh, by the bureaucracy of it all is to, is to eliminate the bureaucracy as much as you can uh, in, in some ways, at least in your mind. Why'd you, why'd you step out, you know, through the front door on this stuff in the first place? Well, I wanted to be a leader with a reputation that helps somebody grow, right? And if I'm a, a mentor, right, uh, what did I, why did I get involved in the first place? Because I want to see a leader get the job done. What's the job? Uh, well, they, he, they, you know, he helps people grow. And when they do, right, people stay on the job and they have higher pro- productivity, whatever it is. Are we on our purpose? Is this happening? Is it working? Uh, you know, you have to kind of give yourself the uh, a stand up meeting kind of kind of thing versus thinking about all these processes, and all this stuff. There's just some real simple things going on. Am I on my purpose? What are we trying to achieve? Are we getting there at all? Um, uh, you know, am I making sure that I'm using my my head am i am i working on on things learning how things work am i using my hands am i you know uh delivering on something that's valuable uh and am i making sure that i stay in touch and and continue to connect with the with the the people that uh that can advise me and help me along it doesn't need to get much more complicated than that so <clears throat> i i often uh, uh call it what's in your wallet Sometimes I will have the mentor and also the uh, mentee write down the three things they want out of this relationship. Very simple. You know, I want to grow. I want to help people feel stronger. I want to help people get more stuff done, right? Uh, That might be the three things. And the mentor is I want to help somebody, you know, be stronger in the work that they do. I want them to be more connected. I want them to be uh, more efficient, whatever, whatever those three things are. And all you need to do is run into each other in the hallway or even with yourself. Am I on task? Am I on my purpose with these with these three things? And I think it just helps to to simplify it and remember the why uh, before you get uh, too tangled up in all the complexity of the what. Mm, yeah, simple, but not simplistic. That's I, I think. And if you're an HR professional listening to this and you are now thinking about your annual initiatives that you've probably told your boss and one of them was start a mentoring program stop what you're doing and listen to this podcast <laughs> 75 times this is the, this Amen, is the way to well, get it know, done yeah, yeah. so so oh, thank, my pleasure thank you, you know one of the that. blessings of doing the work that i do i love i love people but i also had the responsibility of of delivering the goods uh and so with that yeah you just need to I, i'm gonna steal that one for you mac a uh, simple not simplistic there you go There you go. Well, I'm going to ask you to put on your long-term vision now, Sam. And as you think about the next few years, 
what do you see as being the most critical skills that any emerging leader is going to have to master? I think there's, there's, there's a few, but I think way, way up there on the top of the list just has to be the ability to learn, both the ability to learn and the passion to want to learn. And what, what do I mean by that? Is the world's going to change around us. Job titles are going to change. Expectations, skill sets, all that kind of stuff are going to change. And you don't want to be that character that waits until that, that happens and you find yourself in the, the retraining line or whatever. You want to do that in real time and you want to be able to adjust and, and move with that. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, tons of information out there that, that suggests that, you know, the job descriptions that we have today uh, just they won't even exist to, uh, you know, in a few years and the ones that will exist, we're not sure what that's going to look like. So the, the skill set has to be, uh, you know, uh, and I know this is kind of an old buzzword, but you know, that constant learner kind of thing. But to do that, there's, there's process. You, know, you need to have the passion for it, but just the process too. And if we'll go back to and talk about keeping it simple, but not simplistic, go back to that uh, head, hands, and heart. If you've got a challenging situation or you've got something that you're uh, uh, trying to lean into that you're not so sure about, or you're trying to stay on the cutting edge of stuff, man, just it's real simple. What, uh, what are the educational and informational pursuits that you can do to, to help wrap your mind around it, to feed that curiosity about what's going on? What are some ways that you can test this? What are some ways that you can get your hands dirty and, and participate in some way that you, you really can move past just an intellectual understanding, but, but really see how it works? It can be even as simple. You know, Mac, very often, uh, you know, uh, if, if I wanted to learn something, I would go and ask the person that's doing it. Can I sit in your chair for an hour? Right. Can I can I turn these wrenches? Can I answer this phone call? Can I send this email? Whatever it might be. And you may not learn a whole lot, but you learn a whole lot more by doing so head, hands, and heart. And that last piece is, you know, I don't know uh, what uh, what this might be, but I, I bet you I know somebody who does. And keeping your network constantly alive, keeping your <clears throat> curiosity and your questions of people who are either in the industry or might be uh, uh, adjacent to it, uh, and just that desire to uh, connect with people and, and, and always learn. So again, you know, probably the biggest thing that I can think of is just that uh, both the desire to want to constantly learn and having a basic toolkit of that mind, excuse me, head, hands, and heart uh, that helps you uh, fully wrap your, yourself around uh, an issue or a growth opportunity. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, Sam, I'm, I'm thinking, and I can't remember if I even shared this with you when we met in yeah. Seattle over coffee, but, you know, when I was my last couple of years in the Navy, I was finishing this master's and I was fairly miserable. If you want to rehash of that, go listen to episode number one when I talk about the day I almost yeah. took a swing at my boss. But, you know, remember a lot of my instructors in my master's program at Chapman were graduates of the, maybe you're familiar, the yeah. Leadership Institute of Seattle. And, and a lot of our Curriculum was mm -hmm. uh, stuff by Peter mm -hmm. Senge and the Fifth, leadership, yeah. uh, the uh, the learning organization. It, it was really interesting, as I remember, not knowing how things were going to work in civilian life, thinking this is going to be amazing. And so that was my foundation. Then, of course, I go out into the world and I see different organizations and cultures, and and so it's, it's neat to hear you talk about these things. It brings back memories. And now, what I see coming full circle is all that stuff works. People that hear me talk and give talks, you know, I'm not the most touchy feely mm -hmm. guy in front of a group because managers, bosses, they don't have time for that. But uh, I am here to tell you this stuff is is real and it works. And it's been great to have you, Sam, kind of reaffirm all that with me coming full circle uh, back to 
mid to late nineties in <laughs> Bremerton, Washington. So this has been really, really sure. great. I've really enjoyed this, this talk. So Sam, I, I know now there's going to be people that want more. So how can my audience connect with you and get started on this sure, journey sure. or how can you help well, them you out? Know, get out to a dancing shepherd.com. Uh, and that's uh, dancing shepherd, D a N C I N G S H E P H E R D.com. Uh, and would just love to, to connect that way. Um, but would happy, be happy to provide you that template for the, uh, uh, leadership development piece and also that process for creating a leadership development program in your organization. So if you just reach out to me, I'd be happy to, to share that with you and, and, uh, 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 coach in any way that I can to, to help you get off that ground. You know, it's a, it's a passion thing for me. Um, you know, Mac, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, uh, it was much easier for me to develop a bunch of leaders and, and help that uh, rising, uh, that boat rise with that rising tide than it was to try and do it all myself. So, again, this is very practical kind of stuff. You, you start with some intrinsic, might be a kind of touchy-feely kind of stuff, but the reality is, is what you do is you light that fire. You light that fire from the inside out, and they will deliver amazing stuff. And so I'd love to, to share uh, you know, uh, with folks uh, how that works and how I can help them do that in their organization. So reach out to me uh, and uh, Sam at DancingShepherd.com. I'm happy to do that. And I'll be happy to share those templates and uh, uh, take a look at anything that you've got that uh, when you're making an effort to, uh, to grow leaders. Thank you. That's yeah. a generous offer and we really appreciate it. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information and sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea, we invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video-driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.